of my team members came in really tired. I said, what did you play all weekend? <laughs> Legends. I'm like, okay, done. I'm, I'm going to go get that, you know, and, and we, I got it, you know, and that's part of uh, what we do. Why are Nike's Chunky Dunky sneakers selling for $6,000 on eBay? How did Mickey Mouse find his way onto a face mask? Exactly how did all that Stranger Things gear land in your shopping cart? We explore what makes you click buy on the products that stand out above the rest, thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to the Licensing Mixtape, a podcast by License Global. Hello, and welcome to the Licensing Mixtape. I'm B.B. Wardak, Content Editor at License Global, here today with James Donert, Content Editor at License Global. And today we are delighted to be joined by BioWorld Merchandising's Jennifer Staley and Beth Taylor. Jennifer is Vice President of Licensing, and Beth is Director of Licensing and New Business at BioWorld, a leading licensee that manufactures high-quality products spanning several categories. Jennifer and Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes, this is a, a real delight and treat for our listeners. So before we get started, can you share a bit of background on BioWorld and highlight some of your more successful campaigns? I think we should start by telling you, you know, the founder of BioWorld, Raj Malik, is, is a true entrepreneur. He's actually been awarded many awards for his entrepreneurial business model. And in 1998, he identified that there was a, there was a hole in the market. You know, he was distributing licensed music t-shirts and realized that there was a demand for licensed music headwear. So he founded Biodomes, which was the, the previous name before we were renamed as BioWorld. Yeah, and I mean, we're BioWorld because he had to change it to that because the whole philosophy behind BioWorld is what's the next opportunity for fans, right? Our most successful campaigns are when we identify what the fan wants and get there. So fast forward 22 years later, and we're able to supply that fan everything head to toe, and then from that closet to that kitchen. And that entrepreneur spirit when he started with two people himself and a headwear designer has now grown to over you know 500 people globally and everybody has that entrepreneurial spirit so year after year after year we just keep you know staying very closely mm -hmm. to that fan and then getting them what they want and that's what makes us so successful so it sounds like fans are really at the core of everything you guys do. Um, can you kind of describe the idea behind your fandom forever approach and how you're staying connected with fans to ensure a successful collaboration? Absolutely. You know, fandom forever for us is really about 24-7 engagement, right? So we're able to engage with them all day, all night through our direct-to-consumer brands. We have four of them. We have Dumb Good is, is our, our first brand that we launched. Um, in streetwear. We have Itsuko, which is very focused on the Japanese pop culture. We have Heroes and Villains. It's all about good versus evil. And then our newest brand is, is Graph Gaming. It's really these brands allowing us to interact with our fans for that amount of time. That's great. And the way we interact with them is several ways. We do exclusive content releases. When we release the content, we typically do a, a photo shoot and, and show off each item that we create. Um, we also, you know, engage them. We text them. We email them. We have an influencer community within each direct-to-consumer brand group that reaches millions of fans. So those fans will take a really cool shirt that they saw, like they saw an Eva shirt on Atsuko, and then they'll be on TikTok. So our There's reach There's a lot of reposting is, through social media. It's absolutely. Incredible. Our most active social media is Instagram. So it's 24-7. Wow. It sounds like you're really reaching the fans at 
all possible touch points. And that's pretty amazing. And that's probably speaks to your success. Since fandom is such a large, diverse community, depending on the property and depending on the category, how do you successfully adapt your campaigns and products targeted and geared towards specific fans and partners? You know, the fans really tell us what they want. And, you know, we take that information in and collaborate really closely with our licensing partners so that we can take back to them something that that they're asking for. We're closely listening to what they want. And as a result, we, we've had incredibly successful capsule launches, especially in the last, you know, six months. Beth has a great example of a recent one that we did on Atsuko. Yeah. Beth, do you want to share that one? Absolutely. So Gundam, which is one of the biggest legacy properties in Japan, it's been on our list for, I don't know, six years now. And partnered with Crunchyroll to secure the license in 2019. And we bought a head-to-toe lifestyle collection to market on Atsuko in July. It was our biggest launch ever with Had the over brand. 20 different products in the yeah. one, in the first launch. It was amazing. And it, and you know what? The the product types really ranged. Like we had a $120 windbreaker. We had $40 slides. So the slides you know, were great. <laughs> they did awesome. We had a $65 sling bag that was totally amazing. Fans were totally freaking out. And because of that, we were able to take that insight. And now you'll see it released at several retailers this year. We were originally planning to have a pop-up shop, but because uh, we, we do conventions as well, but we will have that pop-up shut once we're able to again. But, you know, that's something else that we would have loved to do at cons. But, you know, this is just one of several examples uh, that show how that direct-to-consumer, direct fan engagement helps us with our whole business formula into that retail space as well. It's really the first step for us in our omni-channel business model, which is really important now that a lot of consumer spending is shifting to online purchasing. Um, you know, we've been incredibly fortunate to have these sites already built and established. So we're just shifting more resources to support the increasing demand. You guys kind of already touched on this, but I really like to dig into sort of how you're able to keep up with sort of fast changing trends in fandom and how you're able to engage with fans to kind of keep up with what they're interested in. Well, I think we're unique in the fact that the BioWorld community, every employee here is a fan. That fan passion within our company is has resulted in, in everybody across the company forming clubs that reflect their interests. So there's a gaming club, there's an anime club, there's even a Dungeons and Dragons club. And the employees themselves created the clubs because they wanted to participate. So they set the date, they set a meeting, people from across the company come together from the warehouse, production, sales, marketing, brand team, and they have their own meetings to talk about ideas. And maybe it's even just to watch an episode of something that everyone's talking about. And then they bring all that information to us so that we can apply it to our business. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really unbelievable the passion engagement that we have from the team. I mean, that too is, is round the clock, you know, for example, like we always know what to chase because I'll be like, what were you up playing all night? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm tired. What, what am 
my one of my team members came in really tired. I said, "What did you play all weekend?" <laughs> Legends. I'm like, "Okay, done. I'm, I'm gonna go get that." You know, and and we, I got it. You know, and that's part of part of uh, what we do. But you know, the other thing that's fun fun here is that you know what? Because we all love what we do, we never really realize we're working. And one of our uh, new hires, you know, I love this story. Yeah, it's really funny. We go to several conventions, and we need our staffs to man the booths, whether it's the Atsuko booth or the graph booth or the dumb good booth. So, you know, we put the team together and one of the employees came to us and said, should I take some some PTO, some paid time off? We're like, what? You're going to be working. But you know what? It doesn't even feel like work. They have so much fun, you know, just working the booth. They're just honored that they're going to have two hours to be at this con to go around and buy stuff with their hundred dollars that they brought with them. Yeah, They don't care that they're working another 10 hours for the two hours that they (laughs) roam the cons. But, you know, it's incredible incredible the passion that the team has and you know they they want to do it yeah I mean and the dedication and commitment like there's you know I've worked at several places and like this is Buyerworld has that and that is a big part of our success yeah, it definitely sounds like your employees all over the map. It's just a passion project for them. And it's just taps into that authenticity that really translates into the consumer products. Yeah, good way to put it. So another thing that kind of sets you guys apart, I think, is, is your customization with products. Can you talk about why customization is so important and how it adds to your success? You know, it's really unique to BioWorld. Um, you know, nothing here is a formula. Everything we do is customized. And I think that's really the secret to our success. You know, we make a lot of right cosplay product and replica product everything that that is done here is done you know from scratch so it perfectly personifies the personality of the brand right i mean you know for example like all of our experts know that it's specialty for a certain product line it needs to feel more insider right and at mass it needs to feel more mainstream i mean we literally ship over 25,000 unique SKUs a year. You know, that takes an army to do it and and we're committed to it. I mean, the other thing that's really interesting, we have a lot of uh, talented people. We have this amazing illustrator who can illustrate. It's it's original art. art. It's amazing. And with the licensors who allow us to do that, we have him booked like a year out and his designs are top sell-through designs. So when our designs design team and brand team and sales team works, they're focused on, is this exact item going to get the sell through at this exact mm-hmm. account? So mm-hmm. that's how we approach the business. We don't just, we're not in for the, the the one order. We're in there for the long-term success of that brand. And that that's unique to BioWorld, I, I, I believe. Tapping that kind of talent to, to be able to create, you know, really, you know, fine art basically for our brand owners is a, is a huge advantage that we have. And for him, it's his dream job. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he knew that he would be able to illustrate, you know, some of his favorite, you know, characters. characters, you know, that he grew up with in his life. And that's what he gets to do day in and day out. So he just loves what he does. And and that translates so successfully, tapping talent that are really genuinely interested and genuinely fans, and then translating uh, your products to, to the insider and to mainstream. I think it's just absolutely Phenomenal. Uh, BioWorld is also particularly successful with its direct-to-consumer brands. What ultimately drives your success in D2C? 
Well, you know, we've got the four brands that um, Beth talked about earlier, Dumb Good, Atsuko, Heroes and Villains, and Graph Market. And, you know, we've been working on these brands for several years, as we mentioned. And it's really about having the licensing roster to to be able to put enough content on these sites and then to be able to run them. The machinery and the technology and the investment on our part to support these sites is a huge investment for the company. Absolutely. And you need to hire experts, right? So Mm -hmm. now we're at the point where, yeah, we are actively acquiring new customers. I mean, you can't just build a brand and think customers are just going to show up, right? (laughs) Right. Right. That doesn't work that way. So part of the investment, the way we market to them, of course, once we're able to do physical cons again, we'll continue with that. Right. But, you know, the other way is we're doing paid social social media advertising. So we have acquisition managers managing each of the brands. And you know what? We want to retain our loyal fans. So we have a retention manager. So those programs, that loyalty program is in place. So we never lose them. And every day we get a report card on these brands. So if we need to pivot, right, like we pivoted on Gundam because Gundam was so hot, we now have another launch behind it that just came out yesterday, you know? So once we see something working, you know, like Apex, exactly, Apex Legends is blowing up on the Graph Gaming site. We are working very closely with Respawn to figure out what's the next thing we're going to bring to market. And now we're changing Mm -hmm. our plans around to react to that. And then at the same time, of course, I'll go to retail and say, hey guys, this is our number right. one game That's on right. the site. You know, you guys need to place this in our retail account. So and it, you, you can't you can't scale these sites without the inf- infrastructure. Yeah. I think that's really important. And we've put the resources in place and the technology in place to be able to do that on a global scale. One of the things that was really interesting um, is you mentioned how the D2C feeds into the retail. So you can be like, hey, these things are selling really well yep. on DTC and they should be in retail. Um, can you talk a little bit more about just how you're able to to share these trends with partners and, and work with them so closely to, to make sure they're on top of everything? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a large team of in-house, our in-house sales team. Each each uh, account, Walmart, Hot Topic, Spencer's, you know, every account, I don't need to list them all, has their own sales team. Every Tuesday, we have a sales mm-hmm. meeting for retail and we have a sales meeting for direct-to-consumer. So basically, we're able to get on that sales team call and share the insight. Yeah. So the same thing happened on Graph with Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. You know, we said, listen, Animal Crossing is blowing up. Nobody wanted Animal Crossing until we launched it in March. Then everybody wanted Animal Crossing mm-hmm. and we chased it mm-hmm. and we communicated in that meeting the results. You know, same thing if something happens on Dumb Good, if something happens on an anime, like last week we communicated that, you know, the top 10 animes that we should consider mm-hmm. at retail. And what's happening right now are salespeople take that information and they talk to their account because they're all they do is work on the Walmart account. So they're able to talk to that Walmart buyer day in and day out. Same with mm-hmm. the Hot Topic buyers, mm-hmm. same with the Kohl's buyers, same with the Urban Outfitters buyer. It speaks really to the expertise you guys even have in fandom where you guys are experts at what you do. And I think that's really kind of driving your success in yeah. different ways. 
you know, we the the decisions we're making on what properties to acquire are is coming from our entire team, you know, within these genres. And even if retail's not ready, we're taking a position on them. And you know, years ago we actually started our whole direct to consumer brands because we saw this coming. So we are now in a very good position to support the market demands. Well, and we really look to hire people that are interested in the genres that we're working on. So in and when we interview people, we have some unique questions that maybe an interviewee wouldn't have in any other any other <laughs> interview where we want to know what was the last movie you saw or what's your favorite video game or what do you read when you're not working those answers to us are are probably more important than anything else i would agree i mean a lot of times i'll hear what titles they're interested in i'll be like they're hired you know i I, right on the spot i mean i've done that a couple times and honestly it's worked out for us that's that's been our best hiring actually and we have all those people here with us today when we really started focusing on that um, you know, that's where we build our long-term infrastructure on the brand team side. Yeah, and one of one of our employees, one of our brand managers for gaming, um, was re- was thrilled to be able to tell his mom that he got a job because of his video game skills. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We were just talking about how video games don't have the best rap, but they, if you really think about it, they do. They're huge, especially in 2020. They drive yeah. great consumer products programs. And I think that's really where BioWorld shines and, and really stands ahead of the pack because you you do, as a company, you, ha- you employ people that are genuine, authentic fans of the properties that you work with and represent. It's a proactive and, and very tapped in, very genuine, authentic translation into your consumer products. And that's why your, your fandom forever approach is doing so well. I well, couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. <laughs> you guys uh, mentioned Animal Crossing. Um, I've been playing that a lot staying at home with COVID and everything I'm kind of wondering from a business perspective with you guys has uh, COVID-19 sort of impacted the business has it shifted you guys more towards e-commerce it's definitely tested our agility and our infrastructure with the consumer spending shifting to e-com you know we shifted resources to support that and um, you know that that's been great that we've been able to pivot and and be ready yeah I mean it's not just the resource piece you have to have the built-in infrastructure so the other thing we have is in our Texas warehouse, we have over 6,000 unique SKUs. So a lot of retailers had to adjust and they could just do online. So they can only take, you know, they, they couldn't meet minimum order quantities. So they could just buy out of our inventory. That certainly helped us. And then, you know, retailers were also able to, you know, expand their world on tops and bottoms. And mm-hmm. we were able to fulfill that because we have print on demand machinery and yeah. we have an ownership position on blank on tops and bottoms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because that infrastructure was already in place, we were able to do that. And you know, and this the, is really unique to buyer world. Yeah. A lot of our other, you know, industry, a lot of vendors in the industry were not able to react that way. Yeah. And then the the other piece that we were able to pull off because of our global infrastructure and the demand, you know, we were able to ship over, you know, 18 million masks in 18 days. I mean, that wow. is you know, not this easy feat. And for the licensors we had to deliver for with, you know, the requirements they have, that really says a lot. And to to someone like Walmart, who was a part of that, their requirements are very high. So you have to have certain infrastructure right. in place to support that. Right. It's not it what for the mask example, it wasn't just about delivering the masks. It was about 
defining the proper specs, quality, testing for breathability. There was a lot involved that happened within those 18 days, not to mention the actual production and logistics piece. So, you know, our team really pulled together, formed a task force, and incredibly delivered the goods that everyone everyone needs. There was a huge demand. You really are a remarkable, shiny example of pivoting in while we're in the throes of major transformation, as we all have in 2020. How do you see the licensing industry evolving, moving into 2021 and post-COVID from your perspective? I think there's going to be interest in in some new product areas, right? You know, there's a bigger focus on comfort, Obviously, there's a need for wellness and protection products. People are looking for home goods more than ever since they're at home all the time. And then there's this concept of the office or the school on the go, right? Like, you know, like for our, for our backpacks, you know, now, you know, we're placing for, for next year, you know, In the kids now, bags. now kids' yeah. bags need to hold a, uh, some type of laptop, right? And and even adults, like they're going from room to room in their house. So they have to have a mobile desk backpack. So we redesigned our bags to fit this lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the military basically already has this done. So we just kind of took what the military <laughs> was doing, you know, and Why applied not? it. It's working. You know, we, but, but honestly, like, you know, no matter what, we will continue to evolve. Knowing where it's going, no one really knows. But but what you should know is that we're ready no matter what. You know, no one would have predicted COVID-19. Right. I would never have predicted we'd be on this type of lockdown. Initially, we just thought we were in New York for Toy Fair, and we literally thought it was just coming out of China. So we were thinking we were going to have lead time issues there, but it became much bigger than that. Right. But what I would say for you, we are agile enough that we can pivot mm-hmm. to wherever it does end up going. Well, and then talk about, you know, not anticipating where we'd be today. I didn't anticipate anticipate all of my meetings would be video calls and that the people <laughs> you'd be having a call with are probably wearing pajama bottoms, right? Exactly. And so that idea of comfort is translating into a lot of product categories that we do. Yeah. And that's where we're really putting more more right. effort. To Jennifer's point, you know, lounge pants have been tremendously popular. Socks. Socks have been tremendously popular. Throws have been tremendously popular. That whole comfort. So we're seeing a big growth there. Our t-shirt category, our, our hoodie category, those are continuing to grow. And oh, by the way, people want to be a little bit more fashion forward with their masks, right? Because they don't just want to wear, you know, uh, a, white the, mask. a white mask or the blue mask. They want it to coordinate with their outfit or they want their favorite brand. And you're going to, I think you're going to see an evolution mm-hmm. of more fashionable masks and more, more silhouettes. I would call it face coverings, not just masks. Yeah, that's exactly right. Absolutely. In in our August 2020 issue, we highlighted a lot of BioWorld's wins and successes in this space with um, an interview with Jason Mays, kind of highlighting the, the growth of athleisure, loungewear, casual wear, and your face masks. So, I mean, you're doing a phenomenal job in that space, ahead of the curve, leading the pack. So um, you're absolutely right. And that's probably going to continue on in the, in the next few months and into 2021. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, as long as there is a health concern, there will be masks. So, you know, we're going to continue to, you know, develop the product line, not just of masks, as Beth said. You know, it's a much bigger um, face wear and wellness and protection category. 
there's everything from sweatshirts that have gaiters built in so you can just pull it up and cover your face to hats that have pockets for the mask and right. it's really evolving into every product and even, category. even even like a cute top that has like a bandana that pulls up you know so you're not leaving everything everywhere right it's kind of attached but you know the other thing that i would say is that you know i think also what's going to happen is you know japan has always been an example of a country that was always into very good hygiene habits so vaccine or no vaccine, I think people are going to do a better job on practicing good hygiene. And part of practicing good hygiene is really wearing face wear. And Mm -hmm. actually, to be honest, since we're so involved in Japanese culture, right, as a genre, we're investing as a genre, we were actually in this mask business, not to this degree, right? (laughs) you know, before before the crisis, right, Mm -hmm. in a little way, because we saw that trend coming over. I mean, yeah, I think just personally for me as well, I think during flu season, even post pandemic, I'm definitely going to be wearing a mask just to protect myself, I guess, from germs and things. Especially, it, you know, when we start traveling again, I probably won't yeah. ride on an airplane um, without a mask, even if it's not required. Yeah, absolutely. I guess from a, like a, a personal or a business perspective, have you guys changed the way you work at all um, during this time? You know, there's a, a there's a huge flexibility to um, allowing our employees to work from home. I think that's really important. You know, everyone is juggling a lot of different things. You know, we have parents who are also homeschooling their children. Having flexible work hours um, has been really important to keep everyone safe and healthy and productive. So I think that is a big shift, and and I think that's going to be a permanent shift that the the work place environment changes for the better permanently. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think another part of BioWorld's agility and ability to pivot more more so than other companies and and really shine in this area is your your embracing and acceptance of virtual events. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. oh yeah. As a sponsor of Festival of Licensing, can you talk a little bit about how these virtual events have fared for BioWorld during these unique just crazy times? For us, we're going to do participation to some level because we feel connecting with our clients is extremely important. You know, we want to support our community, our licensing mm-hmm. community. We want to stay connected. And I think long term, it will be a combination of virtual events and physical events, right? I love traveling. I miss it. But we were on a very aggressive cadence. Mm-hmm. So um, I think both can be productive from yeah. my perspective. And, you know, staying connected with people um, evolves into a greater level of partnership and collaboration. And, you know, that's really going to be important as we look to support new ideas. There's nothing more rewarding than collaborating with the the licensors that we work with. And on a fan level, we're doing that as well. So we did participate in different virtual con events. We had different partnerships with San Diego Comic Con, Funimation Con, Crunchy Con. So the list goes on. The list goes on and on, but we are showing support that way. We've run a panel just to engage our fans. So we still, engagement is still very important. And I would tell you this, during the pandemic for us, I think we feel more engaged than ever with our entire team and our partners. We're talking much more. Mm -hmm. Wow, you really do set the golden standard. And I think that our listeners 
will learn so much from this discussion. Thank you so much, Jennifer and Beth, for sharing your invaluable insights with us today. This discussion will have surely been an incredible treat for our listeners. Is there anything else you'd like to add to today's discussion? I mean, we certainly appreciate, um, you know, the support of License Global and, you know, we we love the licensing community. So I, I think that that would be a great way to say thank you for your support. And um, we look forward to next time. Yeah, Fantastic. I would agree. Fantastic. And for more information on BioWorld's robust fan-driven offerings, please visit bioworldmerch.com. Until next time, on behalf of James and myself, thank you so much for tuning in to the licensing mixtape.